Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You're listening to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show with Zach and Josh. Brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Shop online at NorthtownAuto.com. Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, filling in here on the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show. And it's brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Shop online at NorthtownAuto.com. It is, of course, Combine Week. We'll talk a lot about that as the week goes on. Testing begins on Thursday. Players arriving, for the most part, today and tomorrow as they get official measurements in. There's someone that's not arriving. Well, oh, we're going to get to that. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about it. I'm like, I'm like, how much time do I want to spend on a specific player? Essentially, just, I mean, fully skipping the combine. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. You know, maybe jump in on it. Maybe, maybe not. And as we're like a minute away from the show, and I'm like, I, no, I want to talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. Just like actively, like just not, he doesn't have an agent. So he's doing a lot of what Lamar Jackson did and looked at the combine and went, that's stupid. I hate Indianapolis. I'm not going. Right. And, also, and I love it. And also remember, it's not like he's operating just like solely on his own. His dad played in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. Like, he's yeah. not flying solo here, like never had any NFL experience, not having anybody help him out here. Like he's got someone that's like, hey, I did all of these things. Here's what you should do, and here's what you don't really have to do. I think a lot of it, though, too, is especially because is, he's that good. Is him, and, and we talked a lot about this on air. Like a big thing for these guys when they go to the combine. Yes, it's the testing. Yes, it's putting up measurements. But a lot of it is just sitting down in these quick meetings with teams, mm-hmm. and them getting to know you, you getting to know them, and you put your best foot forward. That's a big part of it. Well, that's the other thing because a lot of teams, well, a lot of players. Mm-hmm can ruin their draft stock if they have a bad interview. Oh, if they're atrocious at interviewing, like, yeah. Or if, well, maybe not ruin their draft stock, but if a, if a team that wants a Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. or uh, Malik Neighbors has an interview with him and, and they're like, oh, well, that went really poorly. Yeah, it was What's just screaming red flags. Yeah. yeah, right. And I don't think, I mean, you never know with players are, all players mm-hmm. are different. Everyone's different. Like, yep. first impressions are great and bad at the same time. Because mm-hmm. if you're having a bad day, you might not have a good first impression, and that team's going to be like, well, yeah, not going to draft you, and then that could you know, mess up your trajectory and also their trajectory. But I, I do find it fascinating that like he is just like deciding to skip it entirely, and I think it, I, I'm all for it. I kind of like it. I was joking with you. like He knows there's like three teams that could take him, and he knows how one of them could end up taking him if they don't trade Justin Fields. Right. Chicago then would likely take Marvin Harrison Jr. at number one. 
if New England gets weird and decides at three they're going to take him because they don't want to take a quarterback, okay. But I already think he's on Zillow looking at apartments in Arizona. Like I just, <laughs> I fully believe he's going to the Arizona Cardinals because that just makes the most sense. And so I think that's for him is like, the only team I'm going to talk to is like Chicago and Arizona. I'll do it at the pro day. Yeah, it's like I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk to the top four guys, four top four teams, mm-hmm. and that's it. Like he's not falling past Arizona, and to be honest. The only thing that we'd really find that we as as you know radio hosts or fans or mm-hmm. whatever you want to say would find out about him being at the combine is hey Chicago didn't interview him what's that all about or yeah. Washington didn't interview him are they going to draft him no they're probably not if they didn't interview him they're probably not going to draft him well yeah because like, then you also you get those private workouts as well and I, yeah. I can't remember how many a team gets each year but you know you'll have those and. And all that stuff, and, and like so, that's the thing. Like Buffalo probably won't bring him in for a private workout. So like, we're they not going to waste that on they, a guy that's not going to be there. How wait? How many? How many times can they do private workouts? Is I it, don't know how many a team gets per year, but like you only come in once, right? Like I, the player I, would only come I was in once. Just say the only time, the only thing you would probably do is be like, wow, mm-hmm. that, that's what we need. That's that's the kind of guy we need just to have like a baseline, yeah, of like knowledge, or just to be able to be like, hey, I saw Marvin Harrison Jr. At, at a pro day, as just as, hanging out, like if you're like Sean McDermott or Brandon Bean, you just want to see these guys play. It's like, oh, that's cool. I hope we can get something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. Like using him as the baseline of like, just like get anyone close to him over yeah. Golden. Like here's here's the bar, and here's the next closest guy. Let's take him. But we'll, we'll we'll do much more combine talk as the show goes on, and and of course, do stay tuned to WGR's coverage of the NFL scouting combine all week from Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Our own Sacapacho is in route basically right now to go to Indianapolis to start covering that. And that is brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss, fast, sustainable weight loss, then free support for life, awaken180weightloss.com. And by Outlet Liquor, when you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case, what's your outlet. Where we want to start today's show, though, and we kind of hinted at it last night, is the Buffalo Sabres. They win three games in a row, the first time all year. It's mid to late February, which I will ignore that for right now, but okay, but you know what? They're grinding out wins, and they got a win over a Carolina team that has routinely owned you. And a win over the refs. Yeah, and that. Mm, I don't want to be that guy. I, I, I was very that, surprised. I was livid seeing those penalty calls last That was night. more my thing. I was very surprised, Josh, in just how emotional I was invested into the game. Like, I'm not like screaming or anything like that, but like emotionally, I was completely invested in the oh, game. I, I was screaming. Like, Owen Power <laughs> scored to tie the game up at 2-2, and I, like, audibly, like, fist-bumped, and I like I was like, yes! Like, I, like the whole thing, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm paying attention. Like, oh, it, yeah. it, it didn't yeah. hit me until he scored. Then I'm like, I'm like, he did it on his return. Let's go. This is awesome. Right. Well, you know what it was? Was they, the whole night, they, they went down one nothing. three minutes into the game. It was like, oh, great. Here we mm-hmm. go again. Oh, That's, yeah. There it is. It, it was the most Sabres start <laughs> ever. And, and and surprise, surprise, part of the reason why they got scored on was Eric Johnson. Look at that. Same thing over again. Same thing, different night. Time's a flat circle. And then, you know, the rest of the first period goes by. Nothing really happens. There's some physicality. Dylan Cousins lays out Michael Bunting again. Doesn't matter what team Michael Bunting is on. Cousins will hit him into the ground for no reason. Mm-hmm. And I love that about him. Yeah. It's great. Um, and then Skinner ties in. It's like, oh, that's fun. Skinner gets a goal against his former team. Tie game. Let's see what happens here. We're going into the third period. Let's, let's just see what happens. And then, oh, Carolina takes the lead. Oh, look at that. They get two really easy penalties because, like I said, it looked like the refs wanted the Sabres to lose. Darlene somehow gets a interference penalty mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. 
I don't even know. I think it was Martinook runs into Darlene, knocks Darlene into the net, which takes the net off, and then Martinook falls on Lukanen's leg, and I was so scared. I thought Lukanen like, I thought that was going to be an injury for sure. It did not. I was look I good. was worried about the UPL thing because obviously, like you're just kind of watching. You see him kind of fall down, and then everyone's booing. Yep. And I'm like, yeah. Did I miss something? Oh no. Yeah, and then you see the way Lukanen's leg goes to the yeah. ice, and it's like, mm-hmm. like he can move his legs, but like. It did not look very natural. Um, but that was the first thing for me. It was like, what is happening here? Like, how is that a penalty? Yeah. And then later on, you get another Darlene penalty where he gets it happens again. Where he gets pushed into Carolina's goaltender, Spencer Martin, and then he gets called for goaltender interference. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what are we doing here? The same thing just happened on the other end of the ice, and you called it against Darlene, and now the same thing just happens here, and you call it against him again. Yeah. And... And that was just in regulation. And then Sabres kill off both penalties. Awesome. Great job. Actually, I think they got scored on the second one. I think they did get one scored. Of was, one of them was... Yeah, in yeah. But it, yeah. regardless, they did great. They were doing fine. Get scored on, and then it wasn't like, oh, there it is. We lost. It was, hey, we can still win this. We've been playing hard all night. Peyton Krebs, who's looked fantastic... With Zach Benson and Casey Middlestaff. I've really enjoyed Krebs that. Krebs looks like a completely different player. Yeah, I've re- like, and, and I think that was where, like, Owen Power scoring was awesome because I'm like, it's on his return. Mm-hmm. He's had a very up and down year, and that's right. putting it kindly. So for him to get the game time yeah. goal, awesome. But what I was more happy for, and we'll talk about another player that I just, I, I want to see get on the score sheet just to kind of like almost prove that he is playing well. Mm-hmm. But Peyton Krebs to like get that reward, he's been yeah. so good. I, I want to say even the last like five or six games of just like we were joking last week about like Peyton Krebs is your best offensive forward. What's happening here? This is not great. But he's and in reality, fantastic. he's looked really really good. Yeah. He looks comfortable. I heard Paul Hamilton talking today with Joe before we came on around nine o'clock in the morning, where like that was apparently Granado's plan the entire time was like get a foundation for him. And like they never thought he was, you know, a quote unquote. Because I know the Sabers don't have lines, so quote unquote fourth line guy. He was never that. But it is nice to see because that was my fear. Is just that like, what was the point of getting Krebs? Because that's what we were talking about. What was the point of getting him if the whole idea was to put this scrappy, really, it seems a good playmaker, and stick him on the fourth line with Gergensen's and Aposo and basically go, okay, um, I don't, I don't know, go to the shadow realm, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like that's where you're going. Well, I mean, Joe and Nate were talking about it this morning, and it's like. He had that scrappy mentality, and he kind of further embraced that when he was put into that situation of playing with like Poso and Gergensen's and Joe. It's, so, it's and, something I loved last year. And Robinson. And and like that's fine. That's good that you kind of adapted to your role. But now that he's back with an offensive line with Middlestat and with Benson, it's hey, this kid can actually still play offense. He he wasn't just put on that line because he had no offense. Mm-hmm. He had offense there all along. He was just with the wrong set of guys in the wrong Role and it's not that it was wrong because, like I said, he he adapted to that role and he played well. He, he in flourished that. in that role for a, for a good right. bit of time. But but what the fun part is is that he showed that he can still be that guy of like, hey, I was a high octane offensive mm-hmm. prospect and I can still be that and I can still show that I have that ability, which is what he's shown the past two weeks here that he's been with. Middlestat and Benson, and it was like sometimes it was Paterka and Benson too, which I liked even more. And last night, like I said, he showed it on the game time goal, goes in behind the net, uses his you know physicality to get the puck back off mm-hmm. of a rebound, mm-hmm. waits it out, finds power, power waits it out as well. The Sabers kind of figured out by the end of the game, and especially in the shootout, 
Spencer Martin's blocker side stinks. And, you know, they exploited that. And, you know, Power scores that goal. I'll let you know right now. My reaction to that was just... I, I wasn't at the game. I was at home. And I was playing some board games with friends. And I jumped up out of my chair mid-round of my turn yeah, in a board game that, and just that screamed. Was, like, I was like, oh, my God, they did it. Like, that, that was the goal that made me realize, I'm like, oh, I'm invested. Tonight. Yeah. I didn't realize. Because like, when, when Carolina did score on the power play, to me that just felt like so typical Sabres. Yep. They're playing Carolina well. Very even game. I think ultimately uh, UPL and, and their goaltender, Martin, like they had the same amount of saves the whole thing. Yeah, it was 32 shots each. Yeah, like it was a, such an even game. Love the way the Sabres were playing. And of course you can't get this to overtime. Well, because but, that's where the teams like, you know, Tampa and Carolina and the Islanders, like that's why they always seem to just be ahead of you. Mm-hmm. It's because they are just, they, they are dra- Toronto dragging games to overtime. Right. And then a minute and a half, two minutes later, power scores. And I'm like, Wait a second. I'm back. Right. The reason, all the, way. I mean, the reason I was so into it was because of the fact of those missed calls and those bad calls. And it was calls, just so too, frustrating. Where, yeah, because it was like, you know, like I'm not – like I don't want, I don't like to be the one that, like, oh, it's the ref's fault. Because like your team is playing the game. They should mm-hmm. be able mm-hmm. to overcome that. But that game specifically, had the Sabres lost – there would have been a lot of question marks around those penalty calls. At oh, the end, of course. The end of the of game. course. Absolutely. And then even in overtime when – Ukepekalukanen makes a great save on Aho, mm-hmm. goes to play the puck, and then Aho basically slew foots Lukanen as he's going around behind the net trying to get the puck back, and there's no call whatsoever. Yeah, nothing. And it's just like what, like what was that? Mm-hmm. That's awful. And and it, it, it's it would have gone the same way yes. if if it's Carolina. Uh, yeah, you know I, I, I mean? agree. I like agree. If, like if if we were at Carolina Station and that happened to the Hurricanes against the Sabers and they lost. Then it would have been like, oh, well, where where were the calls? Mm-hmm. What what happened there? You know, like it, it's just it's the double standard that's just not there. Yeah. Of I don't want to see makeup calls, but at the same time, I don't want to see bad calls. Mm-hmm. But like that's the thing: is you see a bad call, you kind of hope a makeup call right. is coming. Exactly. If you, if you're on the end of it, but overall, they're on a three game win streak. They've got two road games at least this week that I know of. With is it Florida then Tampa or Tampa then Florida? Florida then Tampa. Florida, Florida then Tampa. Florida Tampa, tomorrow. Tampa's the game that matters more because Florida's. I mean, Florida, you should win or, or not should win. You want to win. Yep. But Florida's at the top of the conference. Mm-hmm. Like they, they're not within reach like they were last year. Yep. They are leaps and bounds ahead of you. But Tampa is the team that you can go and catch. Well, you also got Vegas on Saturday. Yeah, so, that so, tough. <laughs> so, ultimately, so the next three games, you got two on the road, and then you get Vegas at home on Saturday. Which that your crowd will get up for that game. I would imagine your crowd gets up for that game. But like, and I tweeted this out last night, like not to kill the vibe, but like those are two tough games coming up. Mm-hmm. And my thing is now is, I go, I, I almost guess like as a fan too, it's like. How much do I really want them to go on this win streak? Of course, I want them to go win. I, I, I'm done with the tanking. I think they have a good roster. I don't really, I don't care for prospects anymore. We've all heard how I talk about them. I basically want them traded for current guys, outside of like three. But even then, a part of me is sitting here going, "Can I really take another year where it was a poor start and really a poor middle as well that kept them out of the playoffs, but they have this late flourish?" where they do go and beat Florida, Tampa, Vegas. Let's say they do that. Let's say they go on now a six-game win streak, and they're somewhat you know, picking and prodding away at the lead. But it's still far away because you know Detroit refuses to lose, and Tampa is merchants when it comes to you know, getting to overtime. 
You do also have five games with Detroit and Tampa. I think you have two at Tampa, three with Detroit yes. left this year. But that's if you beat Detroit three times in regulation, right now you'd only half the points that you're behind mm-hmm. them. You would get six points, you're behind them by 12. Mm-hmm. You, like It's out of your hands at that point. You need to beat Detroit and then hope that they fall off, mm-hmm. which is the tricky part. That's where the Sabres were last year. But... Detroit doesn't have an easy schedule remaining either. They also have Vegas in there. They have Colorado. They have Carolina. They have Pittsburgh, who has had their moments this year. They have the Rangers. Like, there's games in there where Detroit can lose. And it also kind of looks like they're teetering. Like, sure, they're on a five-game win streak right now. Three of those wins are in overtime. Yeah. And, I mean, like, look, like, Sabres fans are not new to the whole overtime merchants and it kind of bites you in the butt right when you know every analytic tells you you're actually not as good as you are yeah but i mean like that's the thing though that's that's all these top teams they just know how to drag games to get a point yep and that's where my frustration has been with the sabers because it was the same thing last year look at that eight game losing streak if Mm -hmm. you just drag two maybe three of those games to overtime even just one then you're tied with Florida, and then it goes to a tiebreaker. I don't know what the tiebreaker would have been. But well, that's but, why I said like two, three games in there. Right, you right. drag them in overtime, get a point. You maybe even get two because you, you you win in overtime or you win in a shootout like last night. Yep. It's a different season, but they are just – I mean, they only have four overtime losses this year. Right. None of their games go that's, to overtime, that's it seems four, like. And the way I look at it always is overtime points are free points. If you, yeah. if you can't take a free point in a professional sporting event, that's not – Good. Like, I'm not saying I want them to go and lose in overtime. No, no. But, but that's but that's the bare minimum when you get you, in overtime. You're at least getting a point. This might sound really stupid, but if you lose every single game in overtime or a shootout, you have an 82 point season. And you're in this scenario. I mean, this year's projected wild card race is around 92, 94 points. Mm-hmm. You'd be 10 points out of a playoff spot if you lost every single literally game every in game, overtime, but, but you dragged it to overtime. Which, that also brings up the the argument of why do we get points if we lose in overtime? That mm-hmm. that that's where I go to with that. But my my main overall point there is is you you should be taking total advantage of that. Yep. That should not be something that it's like oh well we lost in overtime. No, that's a good thing sometimes. Like it's not always bad. Mm-hmm. Time now to get connected to our fans. Brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. Let's go now to Bill on the line. Bill, good morning. How are we doing today? Good morning, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. About a week ago, I was watching the, Chicago, uh, the Boston Kings, and they were tied in overtime. The Kings tied it up late. They went to overtime. Boston drew a penalty, so now they're three-on-three three in overtime. And there's about a minute left in in the in the penalty, and I'm and they got the face off in the in the zone, and I'm thinking, why don't you pull the goalie go five on three? And mm-hmm. I thought, you know, you're going to get your point anyway. Go for the win. Turns out they ended up losing right at the end of regulation. But the point was, I was talking to a few buddies, and I I said it. And one of the guys said to me, "Well, don't you know that you can't do that?" risky and i said why he said well if you pull your goalie in overtime and the other team scores on you you don't even get one point you get no points did you know that so wait like so they're in overtime yep say buffalo's coming down they go guys guys don't buy us anything we have to win in overtime 
if you pull the goalie and the, and the other team the other team scores into your empty net, you don't get a point. I, and I found that ridiculous because that's I mean it would be very exciting if a team knew going into the game, guys, we get to overtime. We're pulling the goalie. We can't settle for one. We're going for two. Or wait for the shootout if you think your odds mm-hmm. are really getting the shootout. But it's a rule that I just didn't know, and I, I thought I knew a lot about hockey, but obviously I don't. And I thought, why would they do that? Why would they take some of the fun out of pulling the goalie mm-hmm. and trying to win it outright? Yeah, to have a strategy there. Bill, thanks for the call. No, Bill, Josh, you, you had a, a surprised look on your face. Yeah, Did no, you find something there? Bill, you're absolutely correct, or your friend's correct. If I, I'm not sure how this came up, but hey, I just looked it up. ESPN's got an article up there about, you know, overtime rules and things like that. The extra point for overtime was introduced, or overtime or shootout, was introduced in 1999, six years before the elimination of the tie. There's one exception to the rule. If a team pulls its goalie for an extra attacker in overtime and loses on an empty net goal, they forfeit the extra point that comes from an overtime loss. I never knew that. That is so dumb. I, I, that is so because I'm with Bill. Why are you taking some of the excitement right. out of potential in yeah. overtime? I, I, because but, that's right. If all of a sudden now my opposing team takes a penalty and what now I'm going to be four on three? Right, it would be four the on three. absolute strategy should be to pull your goalie to have five skaters. Yep, and to just dominate possession in their zone. You got a two man advantage and you should go for the win right. and not be told, hey, if you do that and they do score, now you lose all the points you did actually gain from dragging this to overtime. Now, that you, is absurd and I hate hockey. If you want to get real fun with it, it I wonder absurd. I wonder what the ramifications or I wonder what the uh, stipulations are. So let's say let's say the Sabres are on a power play in overtime, right? Mm-hmm. And they pull Lucan in, they put out your fastest skater. Let's say it's JJ Paterka. You put him out as your extra attacker. And if you're Don Granado, you tell Paterka, hey, as soon as they touch the puck, if if the if we lose possession, you haul butt back to the bench. And if Lukanen is on the ice, does it count as your goaltender? See, is and, not and, and that's the thing. Like that's where it all of a sudden gets very right. up in the air because you're right. Like, like, does your goalie have then... to be in the crease, or does he just have to be on the ice? Because if if I'm a smart NHL coach, in overtime, you're shooting on the end where your bench is. Mm-hmm. So you tell your guy, hey, stand at this point right here, right by the bench. If we lose possession, get back on the bench. Our goalie's back out on the ice. Nothing matters. We still get a point if we lose. That's that's where I'd go with that it. That is such an absurd rule. Like I, it, it is now eating away at me where I'm just like, why I want this to would happen. any commissioner, Gary, I get it, mm-hmm. why yeah. would he do that? You took some of the excitement out of overtime right. for what feels like absolutely no reason. Yeah, you could add even more excitement. But at the same time, though, I wonder because I'm I'm sitting here trying to think like, does this take away the competitiveness? You know, like is there is there? It kind of does though. Now, now there's no strategy. No, no, idea no, no, no. In the sense of pulling the goaltender, does mm-hmm. it say, hey, we're like we don't care if we lose, we just we just want to win and maybe get that extra point. And if we lose, oh well. Like that could be a team like I was just saying where hey, if you lose all your games in the season in overtime, you get 82 points. That could be a team saying, hey, we just need a point here. Two would be great, but we just need one, so See, why don't we I, pull the goalie? Yeah, no, the, I, it, I it, could, yeah. it could kind of like like bring out that whole ice tilt sort of thing. I look at it differently. Like For me, it shows the gusto from a team to say, 
screw it. Like, we already have a man advantage. Let's have two. Let's go for it. Yeah. Maybe like, we've maybe got a could, chance here. Let's go do it. Maybe you could make a, an addition to the rule of you can only pull your goaltender if you're on the man advantage. Or, like, if you pull your goaltender, this rule is null and void yeah. if there's a man advantage. Because then, I, I mean, just, one, I because like then also so think about much. it. Like, it's not only do you get an advantage, your other, the opposing team does too. Mm-hmm. On, on a power play, because then they could just shoot at will. It doesn't matter. There's no icing. Yeah. So yeah. there's two advantages there. You could still have the other team be able to win. I just... Well, that's, and that's how I looked at it, too. Like, even if there's a two-man advantage, there's an empty net there. Right. Just play solid defense, get the puck, fire it down, and just hold. Right. Well, well that's the thing. is like, I, I could see it, kind of, if there's no penalty. Like, if there's no power play and you're just like, you know what? There's... 20 seconds left in overtime, let's pull our goaltender on an offensive zone draw and let's try to score. And then, oh, the other team scores on me and, hey, there goes the extra point. That yeah. I can kind of get. But if it's a power play, both teams have an advantage. So, I don't know. That's a crazy rule, though. I I, I hate I, it. <laughs> no, but I, love, I deeply hate I it. I love that we are learning this because I didn't even know that existed. That's How many coaches in the NHL do you think know that off the top of their head? Ooh. Less than 50%. Less than 50% yeah, know that definitively off the top of their head. And, and, Every and the assistant other... does. At least one assistant <laughs> absolutely knows and, that and rule. N- no way more than 50% of NHL coaches know that And then know the that ones rule. that don't know it are just like, well, why would I pull my goalie in overtime? Like, there's no point. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. The other 50% are sitting there going, I would literally never do that. Is this? Could you imagine if we ever had a moment like we did in the Super Bowl where Kyle Shanahan goes, yeah, we didn't know about the overtime rules. Or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't know about the changes. Imagine it's the Stanley – no, it wouldn't be the Stanley Cup. Imagine it's like the last day of the season yeah. and a team needs a point to get in the playoffs, but two would get them to a better seating or something. Yeah. And they pull the goalie and they lose. Oh, you mean an actual tight playoff race in the NHL? Right. Who, like a, who, the craziness. Listen, <laughs> listen. The West Coast is fun. That's true. That's but that's very like, true. I, I don't know. I, I don't know like who this would be. Like pick, pick a coach that's just kind of like smart but not smart. Like right now – in the West, there's a tight-ish race, mm-hmm. but there's nothing that would really affect this. So I, I don't know. I, I'm just looking at the, the – imagine if that happened. I deeply hate it. we got to take a quick timeout here. We'll take your calls after a quick timeout. 803-0550 is the number if you want to join the show here. Talking a lot of Sabres as well. But also the NFL Combine, which kind of officially starts today. Testing starts later on in the week. Our own Sacapaccio is going to be in Indianapolis covering that all week. So do stay tuned for all kinds of coverage of that. But again, taking your calls, 803-0550. When we come back, you're listening to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show right here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.